Direct from Newstalk ZB's team at Parliament, the Beehive Buzz. Beehive Buzz. Time to talk politics with News News Talk ZB's chief political reporter, Aaron Darman. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Great, thank you. News broke this morning that the Prime Minister's electoral office in Auckland was targeted by some kind of attack. Do you know what's happened? What's the latest? Yeah, look, this is really concerning. So Justin Ardern, of course, is the MP for Mount Albert in Auckland, and her electorate office this morning does appear to have been attacked. In fact, uh, the police say, well, the door to the office has been damaged by an object being thrown at the window. We've also seen what looks like to be uh, some sort of samurai sword uh, lying outside the office and then removed. And police and fire crews were called to that electric office about 8.30 this morning in Morningside. Now, police say no one was injured, but they're looking into reports of what they're calling willful damage. And no one was inside the building as well. That's what a spokesperson for the Prime Minister's office uh, told me. And they have no further information from their end uh, at this time. But of course, Jacinda Ardern is not even in the country at the moment. She's in Antarctica. She's due back tomorrow. Nevertheless, very concerning and speaks of, I think, ahead of the election, what we can expect uh, is uh, is a volatile uh, political environment that, that that election will be held in. Bit of a waste of time because she would never spend any time there, would she? Well, I wouldn't say so. I mean, now and again, she'll pop, she'll pop up and uh, and uh, and appear in Mount Albert. But as the prime minister, she's got certainly a number of things on her plate. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought to be said there, but there at all. So, Aaron, the fair pay agreement bill has passed its third reading in Parliament. I'm struggling to understand why something with so much opposition has gone ahead. Oh, look, there were cheers and there were jeers as the government's fair pay agreement sort of jumped over that final parliamentary hurdle last night, but. If it's fair pay agreements, FPA, it might as well have been the fiery parliamentary argument. I've, I've tried to stretch that out, FPA. <laughs> but, um, but that's exactly what it was. Because, look, National might as well have been singing, I see red, I see red, I see red, when that legislation passed last night. It was just an unbelievable, in a way, uh, to and fro between the partisan blue and the partisan red, as political as you can get. And, of course, Workplace Relations Minister Michael Wood, he really highlighted how proud a day it was for the Labour movement. He told the House the legislation is about the most basic, the most long-standing of Kiwi values, the value of a fair go, and he says that's where Labour stands. Of course, National and Act and the opposition are on a completely different page. They say the law is a massive blow to workplace flexibility and that small businesses across New Zealand who are already under pressure and hurting will be hit the hardest from the new law. So two very different views. Uh, in the House on this one. The bill will ultimately see bargaining triggered if it's wanted by 10% of a workforce. That could be 1,000 employees. Uh, and so very interesting how this will play out both in the business community but also on the ground. I mean, 10% of a workforce, uh, you imagine there's probably a number of unions, a number of uh, uh, collectives and a number of different sectors that have already uh, geared up, got their numbers uh, and are ready to negotiate uh, once this bill passes into royal assent and how that workload will be dealt with. Well, that's something else uh, that we'll have to wait and see on. Uh, but certainly a big day for Labour. I mean, in the weeks sort of five years for the week that Labour was elected into power in 2017, uh, it's, it's now passed possibly one of its most significant uh, shifts in employment relations in decades and, and a flagship policy. We had Christopher Luxon in the studio uh, last week and... Uh, I thought he was a really nice guy. I liked him. He had a lot of uh, X factor. How does he stand up in in, in Parliament itself? Is, is he strong enough, tough enough? 
Look, I think it's a, it's a learning experience when you start as a leader uh, for any party, for that matter, but particularly when you're leader of the opposition, you have to stand up and, and, and put questions to the Prime Minister, who in this case has obviously been doing that job for years. And so when he started, I think there was certainly uh, a couple of uh, sort of things to things to thrash out. Uh, a couple of sort of yeah, it's the quip, it's the, it's that instinctive spontaneity. And in fact, Trevor Mallard mentioned that in his valedictory speech last week, and he had a go at national and leaders of the opposition, bar John Key, to say, "Where's the spontaneity? Where's that?" Where's that sort of that argy bargy that, that really makes question time what it is and ultimately puts the government on the back foot? I think Chris Luxon is still learning when it comes to that. I think he's still he's still getting his feet under the, under the desk when it comes to specifically uh, debating in the House. But of course, it is an environment like no other, and for an MP that has only been around this term, uh, you wouldn't really expect anything else. Aaron, you had an exclusive this week where you revealed close to a hundred thousand community service hours have been wiped due to nineteen. What's going on here? Yeah, look, I revealed this week that almost 100,000 community service hours have been wiped due to COVID-19, but that's even as the government scaled back pandemic restrictions. So in the year to August, 82,000-odd hours have been remitted under the now-expired epidemic preparedness notice. That notice, in place from March 2020 until last week, in fact, was used to clear community service hours with restrictions, making it difficult for sentences to be completed. That makes sense. When you're locked down, for example, you know, uh, offenders can't go out and com- complete their community service hours. But what's interesting is that this year that was still happening. So that equates uh, in 2022 to about 8,080 offenders, most of which were based in either central or southern regions. And over 2020 and 2021, so remember when we were in lockdowns uh, on a well, reasonably frequent basis, 88,000 hours were omitted. So why over those two years were 88,000 hours? Uh, white, but then this year, as COVID pandemic restrictions uh, uh, were scaled back, 82,000 hours. So it it, kind of doesn't stack up. But Corrections Minister Calvin Davis, he maintains the majority of sentences were for minor offending. And I spoke to him about the issue. Here's what he told me. We just need to keep it all in perspective. These are people whose um, offences were very low level, non-payment of fines uh, or traffic offences. I mean, this year, earlier this year, um, we had very limited COVID restrictions, you know, Offenders could have been out there with a mask, for example, doing community service instead of those those sentences being wiped. Well, you've got to uh, remember the circumstances at the time. Uh, we, you know, we were in the middle of the Omicron outbreak. That uh, we had concerns about people in close association with each other. He maintains that we quote aren't talking about hardened criminals. We aren't talking about dangerous people, but. National's gone against that argument to say, hey, look, these are minor offences. You know, Corrections spokesman Simon O'Connor says, look, it is the lower end of offending, but the offending has still happened, and those offenders should still be held accountable to that. Calvin Davis also said, well, in March, for example, the monthly total hit a high of 31,000 hours. He said that's only an average of three hours per week per offender in the community, 12 hours a month. But I've also heard a reaction to the story to say, well, if, it's, if the number of hours is that little, then why don't get on with it and do them? Aaron, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. News Talk ZB's Chief Political Reporter Aaron Darman joining us.